I love my city. I love this title. It's only going to be a two-week series. I, I, I took you through a 12-week series in Ephesians. Then we had Easter last weekend. Then I thought I'd do a two-week one. So some of you are like, oh, good, man, good, okay. So we're going to be all in different scriptures today. So open your Bibles over to the ninth chapter of Matthew to start, okay? I love my city, part one installment, a passion for my city. That's what I've been praying, that you would have or develop, cultivate a passion for Montgomery. I've lived in Montgomery basically my entire life. I went off to school at Troy and Emory, but pretty much my whole life I've lived here in Montgomery. I have a love-hate relationship with our city. A lot more love than any not liking. I think it's a wonderful community. It's uh, situated in a great place. And I'll talk about some things in a minute. And some of you are like new to Montgomery. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. Some of you are like, I don't like Montgomery, you know. I want to go here. Okay, well, here's what we're praying in this series. That God will ignite a passion, a spiritual fervor, a zeal, a love for Montgomery, for Pike Road, for Central Alabama, for our community. And all the people said, oh, that's better than, I, I was afraid somebody would go, I might, or I'm thinking about it. Okay, so as we look at this today, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Reading from the New Living Translation, we find these words. When he saw the crowds, this is being Jesus, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Now that's a pretty basic verse. They looked confused. <laughs> that's like all over Montgomery, like every week. It, it might even be in the sanctuary. I don't know. It was just like, man, we're some confused, scattered people that need an intervention of the Lord God Almighty, and we do stand in need of that. But here's what I'm trying to submit to you today. Lord, help us to genuinely, in a sincere fashion, love our city, love our community. You know, one of the things that saddens me is Robert and Tullis will be moving to Huntsville sometime over the summer. Robert's already there, been here forever, been in our church like 21 of the 22 years, been an amazing champion for Christ. He grafted Tullis in. Tullis has been here. Charlie came here when she was in first grade. She's graduating. I'm a little sad. Okay. And they love our city. But you know what? I'm praying for them as they move to a new city that they'll develop a love for that city. So wherever you find yourself, if you're a visitor today, don't live here, love your city. Let's just look here on this outline together as you look right there. Look at the very top statement that I just kind of wrote out. We're never more like Jesus than when we give and when we serve. And when the city wins, we win. We love our city as an opportunity to follow Jesus by serving our local community. So then, therefore, let's demonstrate how much we care. This weekend, we'll have more of the serve element and hopefully some video footage that from the workday experience or from the serve day opportunity. But here's what I know. Love is at the core of our faith. Love is at the core of Christianity always has and always will be. And my prayer is that God would encourage us and rally us to go out tomorrow morning starting, maybe even this afternoon, and make a difference, make a mark on our city that we live in. Now, this is a, a call. This is a, a challenge for myself and for you. I've been thinking about this a lot this week after we got through Easter, and I was thinking, okay, hey, we're launching, you know, I love my city. And I thought, God, how, how can I personally, practically love Montgomery more? 
So I just want you to be asking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me. Take something Pastor Keith said today. Take some principles. God, give me a prayer. Give me a scripture. Lord, give me an illustration. Something, though, Lord, deepen my faith and my love and my compassion for our city. God, would you get us out of our comfort zones and move us out? That's always a little scary when we have to take risk. And faith always involves risk. And when we're willing to take risk of faith and we step out of that familiar to touch our city, God is most glorified. Do you believe that, church? He really is. And I don't know what God might be calling us corporately and individually here this morning, this week, during this series, in our life to do, to love our city with Christ. One person, one family, one community at a time. So it didn't take but one. And one person makes the difference in the life of another person. And one person might make the difference in the life of a family. And we'll share some practical examples about that because we say it all the time. Doug said it beautifully up here this morning. Our mission statement is, come on, church, what's our mission statement? Love, love God, love others. I mean, you're like, that's it? Well, we read a book called Simple Church, and we wanted to really be simple so we would remember. Really, we wanted you to remember. We wanted to remember in a cooperative effort that we go, God, we just want to love you on the vertical, be so strong. But then, God, would you express it tangibly, horizontally, through our relationships with those that we come in contact with. I don't know how many people we touch in a week, but a lot. But here's what I want to go back to. Have you ever found yourself complaining about our city? <laughs> You're saying, well, yeah, just yesterday. Sometimes, I, I tell you where I tend to complain more than anything in our city. And I've lived in the big city of Atlanta, so I'm thankful, but Taylor Road is not fun like it used to be. And I get on there sometimes, and it takes me 15 extra minutes. You go, oh, poor baby, 15 minutes. I've been living in Montgomery all my life. I remember when Taylor Road, you, just, you blew through it. The other day I was going somewhere. I sat on Atlanta Highway for 12 minutes for a little bitty section of the Atlanta Highway from Arrowhead to Taylor Road. Then I turned on to the illustrious Taylor Road. 37 minutes, I was counting, to get to Chappie's from the place I started. There were two wrecks on Taylor Road, I might add. I had a dinner appointment, and I had a date with my wife. That's a good person to date. To go to the movie, I can only imagine. And I thought, you know what my concern was? I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to miss dinner. <laughs> but I got there. But Taylor Road. But then I got to thinking, what do I love about our city? I want you to write down there. What do you love about our city? And then I want you to jot down a list. And if this message gets a little bit slow, then make a bigger list, okay? I've seen your worship guide. Some of you write Greek words. Some of you really are intense. You show me, I'm encouraged. Some of you, you don't show me, but I see them and they have grocery lists. Hurts my feelings. But here we go. Here it is, making a list. What do we love? Well, Montgomery's pretty unique. We have Shakespeare. We have a renowned theater. The gridiron action all around our community, pretty awesome. The alley pretty awesome river rides we have a phenomenal park for a city our size did you know that it's really cool we have lots of history the state capitol rosa parks museum martin luther king pastored here in our city it was just 50 years of his anniversary the other day and we also have sweet creek oh did i, I just added that in there i just kind of you ever been to sweet creek 
you know what I say, baby, let's go to Sweet Tea. And she goes, what? Oh, oh, it's Sweet something. Sweet Creek, that's where I want to go. Anyway, just thought I'd put a plug in there for that. We have another thing. Biscuits baseball. Southern hospitality. Warm weather. I wrote that earlier in the week. I lied. It's one of the things I like about Montgomery. We're close to Lake Martin, one of the largest man-made lakes in the world. I spent a lot of time in that lake growing up. I, I love it. But you know what I love most about Montgomery? I want you to write this down. I like Maxwell. That's not it. The people. Ah, it's kind of preachy, isn't it? <laughs> right in there, the people. That's what I like most about Montgomery. It's very diverse. In, in my neighborhood, we live in Sturbridge, and we have international folks all around us. On one side, I have a Jamaican doctor. On the other side, I have an Australian officer at the Air War College. Across the street, I have an elderly couple, American. Uh, next door to them, I have Koreans. It is awesome. Right there on my street, I walk out and we fly flags. And none of them have joined me in flying the Auburn flag. I don't know what my problem is. Some of you went, praise God, there is a God in heaven. He heard. You're mean. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Help us love this city. Repeat that with me. Help us love this city. Come on, let's say that we mean it. Help us love this city. Yeah, you're like, man, you tricked us. Well, I want us to love our city because when we have a zeal and a passion for our community, I think Christ gets honored at new levels. I think new people come to faith. It's just, there was a story in the Bible, Nehemiah. The walls of Jerusalem were in ruin. They were toppled down and nehemiah had a vision from god and he loved the, the city and he wanted to restore the walls of the city and the bible says in 52 days the wall was complete and we could read about other stories I, I, I got to thinking about this one what does god love he loves people so it's people passion but then i thought about a city that this character in the scripture, I preached a series on him years ago. Maybe I'll come back one day and do it again. And this guy, uh, man, he, he despised the people of this other community. He hated Nineveh. <laughs> Jonah didn't just dislike him. He despised. He wanted them to perish. He had no love in his heart for the people. Matter of fact, he acted up and he got thrown off the ship in the belly of a yeah, and then he got uh, regurgitated. I mean, he got, yeah, he got thrown out. His skin was bleached. I bet that was cool looking. And then he finally ends up going to the city to proclaim. And the Bible says the most amazing thing because he had despised Nineveh. He went 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. He finally got to his destination and he made God known. But the Bible says the coolest thing about the city of Nineveh 120,000 people repented that would be i reached stats somewhere in montgomery's 250 247 250 267 300,000 if you hit the kind of central alabama I, I might be wrong my figures they all change but the bottom line is almost half our city would have come to faith in this kind of effort do you think that was a pretty massive work of god and god was demonstrating a lot of things that his mercy was great it was a lot greater than jonah's hatred for people but the city of Nineveh was changed because of the grace of God. So then I think about us in our city. Just write it down. Do you love the 
outcast? Do you love the mean-spirited? Do you love the unlovable? That's what God's calling you and I to, is to love them, to love people that other people maybe don't love. Here, here, let's make it real practical. Do you love people on your street? Do you love people in your neighborhood? If you live in a cul-de-sac, do you love people in your cul-de-sac? But do you just love them? You're saying, love them? I don't know them. I don't want to know them. Well, that's what I hope in this series, that God somehow, see, we have a value here. It's real big, and it's real good through social media here, our internet efforts, but we don't do real good as a congregation. I'm going to be honest with you. In my prayers right now, we're going to amp it up in 2018. It's called invite. Write the word invite and circle it right now in your worship guide. I'll be checking those at the door if you want to leave today. Write down invite, circle it, okay? And that's my prayer, is that we're going to begin to invite more and more and more into a journey with Jesus. That's most important. But we possibly, and I hope we will, love our church so much that we want to invite them to Christ's community to be a part of what we're doing. Let me show you this thing. Is it going to come up, this, this thing of my people, Chrissy, about out of order? There it is. Look at that. I've been begging you and inviting you, and a few of you came, and maybe some others came, and I didn't see you. This was the awakened service that Don and I went to that night, and some of you went. Bob and Michelle sat right in front of us. I know they were here. Y'all get credit. Okay, here we go. And we were down there that night. A few thousand people gathered in the Riverfront Stadium. Multi-ethnicity, diversity, all kind of denominations. We sang praise and worship. We sang other hymns. How I wished our worship team would have been there, but let me just keep on going. No, I'm talking about I wish y'all were singing. Oh, oh, y'all didn't come feeling guilty, are you? Ah, Holy Spirit, you are alive in here. That's amazing. People just confessing. I wasn't even asking them. Hey, let's open up the altar now. Tim, just put a CD on and we'll come for it. But, but I love this. This was our city. Hopefully there'll be more efforts. This was actually started by a Church of Christ minister in our city that had a vision to kind of do this. And then all these different fa- uh, people in the Christian connection came but we were high liturgy and no liturgy and all that and it was just awesome and we didn't have a sermon you're like gee i'd like to go to that thing but we had some readings and scripture and basically lots of worship and it it was good so here i I just want you to know look look here in the message question look with me quickly do you love this city and the people of this city with authentic godly high capacity biblical love underline high capacity i just thought that was a great word bold high capacity love god the the scripture says jesus cried and he prayed over the city of jerusalem how he loved jerusalem how jesus loves our city how he loves montgomery i know he does and matthew 23 37 it says oh jerusalem jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her how often i wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you were not willing. So Jerusalem wanted to have no part of it. So here's the question that's prevailing today in my mind. Do you love Montgomery? Do you really love Montgomery? Do you really love the inhabitants of our city? Do you love the people you work with? You're going, some of them. (laughs) Do you love the people you worship with? I hope you go, all of them. So in this do we love them enough to just write down the word intercede do you love the people in our city enough to intercede for them just a big word for pray do you love the people of our city enough to pray for them i'll give you another quick eye 
Do you love people in our city enough to invest in them? So God, what we need is biblical basis for community impact. Here it is. Get ready. Luke 19, 41, right here on your worship guide. Would you read it with me? It's right there off of it. You, have to, you can stay seated. You're going, thank you, Jesus. Okay. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it. You know, I'm just wondering, when's the last time you wept over Montgomery? It's been a while since I've wept over Montgomery. I, I weep for you. I weep, I weep over people in our community a lot. And sometimes I weep for our city. I have wept for our city. It's just, as, as I look at that verse, I'm going, God, I want you to burn that in my heart and the heart of my friends. That we would begin to want to see our city converted like Nineveh. You're saying, wow, Keith, God could do that. Proverbs 11, 1, or 11, 11. You don't have to read it with me. I'll just tell you. By the blessing of the upright, that would be the righteous. That would be Christians. A city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it's torn down. See, God lifts up. He gives honor. He gives credence. He blesses a city that's upright, that loves his decrees, that loves his commandments, that loves his precepts. So I just wonder, God, how much do we really love our city? Or do we criticize our city? Oh, I found myself. We, we find ourselves in that camp easily. We criticize politicians. We criticize salespeople. We criticize problems we criticize schools we criticize we just we're just a critical generation if we're not careful and my prayer is that god would encourage us to love with his love of a people that need christ oh that's what i'm asking you god you know the biblical it'd be like this the biblical nazareth can anything good come from montgomery and the answer would be a resounding well, that was really pitiful about three of you could anything good come from montgomery yeah, you're saying, yeah, me, you, that's right, and your neighbors. You know what Tony Evans said one time, and I totally agree with him? We get mad at the unrighteous. We get mad at sinners. But sinners are doing just what they're intended to do because they have a sinful nature and they don't have the Lord Jesus, and they fall after the nature of their flesh. But once, once, we get redeemed. We have the nature, as I talked last week in the new creation, we're a new creature in Christ. Then we begin to be new, and then we follow after him. And then we should be, start becoming like Christ. But how about if we start saying, God, give me a heart for the lost in my city. Give me a heart for the lost in my family. Give me a heart for the lost in my community. But this awakened uh, picture that you saw, I just thought I would. Actually, Jay Wolf had shot that one. I shot a bunch, and apparently he went up really high in the Biscuit Stadium, and he shot that. And I thought, man, that's a great shot. We're going to use that Sunday morning. Because I just wanted you to, to see something our city's doing. Jeremiah 29.7, listen to this verse. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, if our city prospers, if our city prevails, we prevail. If our city loses, we lose. And that's on a lot of fronts. Economically, if our city wins, your real estate values go up. And everybody went, yeah. And other things happen. Our schools get better when our city wins. Is that right, church? But if things, don't give me too much commentary. But, but if, we're, if we're on the decline, what happens? Man, we lose. We might even lose a generation. And spiritually, I think, God, what are you calling us? You're calling us to seek you. Remember this, seeking will always require action on our part. 
Seek the Lord why? Why he can be what? Found. Lord, help us to have hearts of seekers. Matthew, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Lord, we want to be seekers. We want to be known that we invite. This is the word I, I talked to you a minute ago about invite. Lord Jesus, we invite you to our city to stay. We invite you to be the center resident and ruler over our region. Lord Jesus, we invite you to come and to rule over your church. And the church said, invite him. You're saying, well, you already did. (laughs) Invite him often. When you come into the worship center, some of you come early, some of you come late. We're just glad you come. But think about coming a little early and saying, you know, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Come in a mighty way today and move in our hearts and bring conviction and change and forgiveness and direction for our people that gather in the house of God. Meeting needs, dispensing hope, being intentional. But as I look at this, I, I just I get it, I get thrilled about God breaking our hearts for our city that might lead to the role of celebration. See, when Montgomery accomplishes something great and there's reason to celebrate, you're like, yeah, I'm from Montgomery. And if Montgomery does something dumb, you're like, I don't even know where it is on the map, you know? Never seen it. But we do have a lot of history in our region, folks. I mean, it's filled with stuff. And, man, there's been a total rebirth of downtown Montgomery over the last 15 or 20 years. And, and it really has just brought a lot of neat. I mean, people come here all the time. They always ask, whenever missionaries and other pastors they always go, what do you do in Montgomery? Show me what's important at Montgomery. we got magazines that are all out. And I've been, I was looking at some of those this week, and I just thought, man, Montgomery's it's greater than I thought. I mean, I love our city. And I know everywhere you're from, you're like, ah, there's nothing to do in our city. We just look at the stoplight and go, let's go get a Dairy Queen. You know, some of you are like, Dairy Queen? We don't even have that. We've got a subway 32 miles away. Woohoo! I mean, little communities have subways, okay? But there's a lot to do here. I know you're going, but it's not Chicago. It's not. It's not Atlanta. It's not. It's not Los Angeles. Praise God. It's not a lot of places. It's Montgomery. Did you know God has placed you in this city for a reason? Just a thought. Find out the purpose why. We have a lot of military that have come through our church over the years. And as they have found this, and they've said, man, this church became a, uh, a cornerstone for us. The other day, it was the coolest thing. I remember years ago, I met a man in our church, and I said, what do you want to do? He goes, love God, and I want to be a general in the United States Air Force. He's a two-star general. He used to sit in those chairs. Let me tell you how cool this is. He helped Pastor Keith unload 450 of these red chairs before we moved in this building. Truck showed up. Staff took off, and I went, "Uh uh-oh. And he had some big old biceps, and I called him. I said, hey, Cedric, I need you to come down to the church. we got to unload chairs. He was doing four to my two. Praise God. I wish he'd had another friend. But we unloaded chairs. But you know what? He made two-star general. The other day, he was in the Pentagon. That's where he lives. And out walked another guy that came here as a first lieutenant. And he'd been here. He had, they, had a, they had a baby. They got four of them now, or four kids. And he, Don and I were the first ones to ever hold their kid besides those two. So we were honored. And he's always said, you're my pastor. And he walked out of his office the other day, and he looked up. And he saw this two-star general coming down the hall. When a two-star general comes down the hall, you move. And they stopped, and they started talking. And he said, tell me a little bit about yourself. And the next thing I knew, they said, uh, we were in Montgomery. We were in Montgomery at Maxwell. Maxwell, hey, I attended Christ Community Church. Did you go to church? Christ Community Church, that was my church. Hey, is Pastor Key still there? 
And I'm thinking, it ain't every day your pastor gets talked about in the Pentagon, okay? <laughs> hey, hello. But here's why I told you that story. These two had come through here, and I found out right now we've got about four folks in the Pentagon. You remember Lucretia? She's on her way to being a full colonel. She's probably going to be our next general. She's working in the Pentagon. There are 27,000 people in the Pentagon. I get tired just thinking about it. But there's influence. And those people all decided they loved our city when they were here. And they contributed. And they were a part. And you're saying, wow, that's a great story. You ought to hear my story. Oh, tell me. We'd love to hear it. But God, give us faith. Give us courage. Because, God, we want to step out and glorify the name of Jesus. Lord, we want you known here. Look at this simple thing that I've just put here. This, this is so practical. Anybody can do this. Okay, are you ready for this? This is going to be good. I'm sorry I'm drinking water. I am drying out. Is, are y'all having a hard time too? Here, I'll share my water with you. I don't know what I'm just drying out. You're saying, well, if you wouldn't talk so much, you wouldn't be so dry. Here it is. It's not funny. Don't laugh. Okay, here it is. Simple thing you can do and display the love of Christ. Number one, here it is. Ready? Learn how to jumpstart a car and keep jumper cables with you at all times. Some of you ought to go to Walmart this afternoon or Home Depot or somewhere this week and get a set of jumper cables, put it in your car, and go, what? I'm going to be a good neighbor. You know I invite people to church through my jumper cables? I really do. People get jumped off and go, hey, you think I'll get, get, get a jump? I say, you could if you come to our church. If you don't want to jump, go find somebody else. got to go, no, I don't do that. But I do. I've jumped people off. Because there's a, man, you have any jumper cables? Like, nah, man, I don't have any. Yeah, I keep jumper cables in my car. Hey, that's one we can do. Look at the next one. Learn how to change a flat tire. You go, uh-uh. It's amazing. I, I have a rule that I, that I fixed myself when Don and I got married. I will change any woman's flat tire anytime. And I'd change a man's too if you need it. But I remember, I always said, oh, Lord Jesus, and please remember this prayer. If Donna or my girls ever had a flat tire, would there be somebody gracious that would come up and help them change that flat tire? You go, that's a pretty good prayer. But, the, you know, that's just a simple way. Jumper cables and changing flat tires can help people greatly. And the church said, yeah, see, I, I got a stock. I just wanted you to, no, I'm teasing. Here we go. All right, here you go. Buy some. Here, let's look at this thing quickly. A, let's be intentional. That's what the whole thing today is about being intentional in our living witness for the living Christ. In Ephesians 5:10, in the message, it says it this way: figure out what, what, what here, say it again. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Please out. I mean, figure out what will please Christ and then do it. In other words, it's a roadmap for life. God, help me be intentional about my relationships with other people. Is that, that it somehow would make a difference, that I would live for today instead of worrying always about the future, and there's a time to have plans and do that, but Lord, help me to live today to the fullest, that I honor you. Lord, help me to focus on having a, a grateful heart and have gratitude and express my gratitude to others and ultimately to you, Father, instead of complaining. Lord, I want to navigate that. Lord, help me to focus on treating others with respect and kindness. You know, that's one thing I think we need to know, be known as as Christians, is people that are extremely kind, extremely gracious, and unbelievably thankful. I'm amazed what happens for me when I stand in lines and things happen if you've got a good attitude. And if you've got a bad attitude, you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, just a thought. I just threw that in there. Somebody in there that's funny. Somebody said, man, I, I want to know. Here you go. Let's be intentional. Look at the next one. Let's be incarnational. That's just a great theological word. It's called Christmas. 
God incarnate, became flesh, and came and dwelled and lived among us for a while, for 33 years. Living incarnationally, where the sacred and the secular combine. And that's what I'm hoping will happen in my heart and yours today, is that the things of Christ, the things of Scripture, the sacred, the, the holiness of God, will somehow come together with that secular part of my life and living and being. And when they merge together, Christ will be expressed. Christ will be known. And we somehow we have an opportunity to give a witness that we are his church. We are his body with skin on it. And you're saying today, man, this is, this is inspirational or this is practical today that I can apply some of these scriptures and truths ultimately about, God, we want to love our city. See, I just think that we've got something special here. You know what's special about Christ's community? The people. The people that are here, the people that are next door, the people that are not here today, but they'll come in next week or the next couple of weeks. It's the people. That's the special thing about every church, I think, is the people. And we want to be, and what I love about our church is you can't hide. And people tell me sometimes, I would love to come to that church, but you're too small and I might be found out. And I go, glory to God. I hope you will get found out here because I want you to love Jesus more 10 years or five years from now than you love him now. And the church said, I don't want you to go, well, I just want to go and be among 10,000 people and nobody know my name and nobody care because I'm gone. That'd be pitiful. There was a man that had an impact on this church and on me. He died this past week. His name's Raymond Pike. He was a former elder. He's here for 10 years. And uh, somebody, how many, raise your hand if you ever knew Raymond, Uncle Raymond. Yeah. Did he have an impact on you? He did. See, people impacting people. Man, that's what the church is about. So let's move on. Here it is. How do we measure community impact? I just wrote some notes in here about incarnational, doing things of Christ, doing deeds of Christ. Write it down here. We used to have a closed closet. We were pretty serious about it, and then it got kind of crazy, and we ended up giving that to others, and then we do coat drives, and then we're like, well, the truth is we ain't really got a lot of people out here looking for coats, and then we partnered with some other churches, and we would supply coats for them, and this year I wanted to do it, but Montgomery, you, you don't get much of a string of cold weather. Like, you, like, have you ever noticed this? I walk all the time, as I tell you. One day I'm in shorts and T-shirt, and by the end of the week, I got on toboggan and gloves, and I look like I live in Minnesota. You know, same week. Sometimes it's two days apart. But so our coat drives, we, didn't, we haven't done one lately, but we probably need to do one. And so those are ways. Uh, first choice, every year we support their baby store. And y'all give, and I am proud of you. And we express the incarnational love of Christ as we fill that store up for young moms come and take classes and get goods that they would not otherwise be able to afford. And y'all are a generous people. Uh, I meant to bring it here this morning. I think I got one left in my car. A year or so ago, we created homeless bags in our small group. And they were filled with scripture and socks and water and peanut butter and crackers. And I, I try to keep some in my trunk. And, 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 you know, sometimes you're in a hurry and you don't have time, but the Holy Spirit tells you to have conversation. And sometimes you ignore him and, and sometimes you obey him. And Robert said one day, I ignored him and I, I drove several blocks and the Holy Spirit made me turn around. I think that's funny. But, but I love it. Robert was obedient. That's a good thing. But one day I was riding, I was going to eat, imagine that. And I was going over to Jason's Deli and, and there's always homeless people over on the Eastern Bypass, whatever it is. And the guy standing there, 
I will work for food or I'll do this or whatever. And I pulled over in there and his eyes got about that big. He didn't know if I was fixing to shoot him or do something, you know. And I pulled him and I said, look, I got to go right now, but I got a gift for you. And I went to my trunk and I got him a homeless bag and I gave him all this stuff. And he just stood there going, wow. You know, I didn't say ugly stuff to him. I didn't do whatever. I go, hey, good luck, whatever. Just gave him back. And, as soon, and then I pulled off and I looked at my red light. He'd already pulled out. He was whipping on socks. He had that bottle of water going and eating peanut butter crackers. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, hey, just want to share Christ. Anyway, we do some of that. Uh, nights of worship. We have done so many nights of worship in the last 22 years that have impacted our city and the river region. Uh, partners that we have, blood drives, Convoy of Hope. We've partnered and done huge Convoy of Hope that have reached 9,000 people before to our city. Just last year during the hurricane in Houston, Y'all provided an 18-wheeler that went to the city of Houston to love them that made a difference. Christmas in the city. Do y'all remember when we did that? Your pastor had this crazy idea of let's love the city. And one morning we had buses and uh, all kind of crazy stuff showing up and all these kids and presents. And then we went to Cleveland Court the next year and did it. And we had a monsoon. It was disastrous. But anyway, God be the glory. I, can, I started thinking, oh, the thing that I love is the thing that Chrissy came with. Our backpack ministry. To this day, our pack mat. Our backpack. our backpack ministry feeds kids that would no longer be fed on the weekends unless you were generous. And so many of, or not so many, but several of you participate. Thank you for that. Food pantry, benevolence. We have paid bills and done stuff to help people. House to house. Our youth have been all involved in that. Our current thing, Success Unlimited Academy. We're partnering with them in various ways. And next week we'll be on their campus working. Christmas in April, ham harvest. Oh, no, no, no. I just thought, God, just give us fresh new ideas how to impact your community. Don't you love that church? And here's what I'm wondering. Some of you have some ideas, and you're sitting on them. And you need to put skin, life, action to it. And maybe share it with others. Maybe share it with your small group. And let's get on mission together, practicing the justice of Christ. Leviticus 19.15, write it down. The scripture says, do not be partial to the poor, show favor to the great, but judge honestly. Leviticus 19.11, do not be deceptive in dealing with people. Leviticus 19.17, do not hate your brother. Leviticus 19.18, do not seek revenge or hold a grudge, but extend forgiveness. And we could just write verses in the Old and New Testament about, God, show us how to genuinely love others. Love God, love others. It's a real simple mission statement. It takes everything out of you, though, to practice it, to really love others. Because we do have an inherent selfish nature if we're not careful. Look at point C. Let's be invitational. Oh, this is what I pray, guys, that you'll be invitational. You'll invite people to our church, to our fellowship, to our small group. I meet people all the time, tell us this Wednesday night group. They always got women coming. I've never seen them, man. They just show, oh, yeah. And sometimes I know them, sometimes I don't. It's just awesome. Just want us to be more invitational for our services on Sunday morning. Small group, fellow. Do y'all know right now, this is the coolest thing. Cheryl wanted somebody to come paint the office. She goes, me and Chuck want to just provide. We want to paint that room. And they brought a painter out here. Really nice man. His last name is Blue. And they could, hey, Blue. That's a pretty cool name. Hey, Blue. And you're going to meet Blue this Saturday if you participate. This guy's a Christian, and he heard about Serve Day, and he told Cheryl. He says, Cheryl, 
I would like to participate in that. Where can I sign up? He ain't even a member. Shame on you. Right now, let's just pass it around. Oh, right now, here we go. You can't leave if you don't sign up. No, I wouldn't do that to you. But isn't that cool? I mean, this guy says, hey, I just love God. He didn't know our mission statement. I just said, love God, love others. He just said, hey, I'm going for it. That's pretty cool. Be invitational. Jesus always was saying, come. Come unto me. Come to me. Love me. Zacchaeus one day, Luke 19, a serious sinner. <laughs> he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house and have a meal. Jesus invites us to participate with him. And this is what I hope we'll go. Lord Jesus, help me to love my friends. I learned something this week in study that I didn't know. That grief and loneliness affect the same part of your brain in the neurotransmitters. When Pastor Key starts talking about neurotransmitters, you know he's already lost, okay? And in this science... They, they access the same area. They, they have something very in common. I thought it was interesting. Grief and loneliness. So I'm praying that we would invite people not to be lonely. That they would meet this magnificent Savior named Jesus. They might meet you. They might meet somebody next to you. They might have a friend here. So let's look at the box and uh, we're going to come. Uh, Jeremy, if you'll come and get in position. Because I'm going to move through these rather quickly. About these six principles for influencing others. We're going to do a closing song that'll be good. Number one, uh, be genuine. So we want to be genuine. There's a scripture there. I just thought of something else I need to do too. Number two, smile. Man, it's amazing when you and I smile. It has special power, special ability. Have you ever noticed when you smile at somebody that, uh, hold off before you start playing. I just realized I need to do something. It's amazing what happens. So we, we, uh, we, we're genuine when we smile. Look at the third one. We remember others' names. I know you're going, oh, Pastor, I hate that. Try to write it down. When you ask somebody what their name is, go over real quick and write it down. <laughs> or just go, could you tell me one more time? I have to ask you all the time, like, what's your name? And I used to, it was easier, but as I'm getting older, it's a little harder. But everybody thinks, oh, he knows everybody. I don't. I know a lot of people, but we just need to write down each other's names. It makes a difference. People love their name. You know, they love to be called by the name. Four, be a good listener, okay? Be a good listener. It's really important. We're trying to impact our city. We're trying to have a passion for our city. We want to listen to people let them know you're important. Number five. Talk in terms of their interests. What are your interests? I want to I learn about them. I, I want to uh, participate. I, I want to look in your eyes. I don't want to ignore you. And then the sixth one is make others feel important and be sincere in that. You know, you're important. You're, you're valued to God. I love you. Here's what I want you to do real quick. I, I want to show you this video. Josh, our videographer, cut this for us about our city. Look at this.
Hey, could you just put your hands together and thank God for Josh Friesen? I think Josh might be next door. Isn't that a great piece of footage of our city? Let me tell you something. It's on our website right now. Today, if you go to our website, front page of the rotator, it's right there. If you want to view it again or tell somebody about our city. But I hope you'll tell them about our Savior. And I want to close like this. My hope is that you and I would realize that heaven and hell are real. And that people are perishing all around us. And that by the grace and the mercy of Christ, we develop a passion for our city. And that we declare that, God, you belong in this city. You don't only belong, we invite you to come and reign and rule. And that we would somehow, by your grace, rise up as a mighty army and be one church and one faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we are commissioned to go forth. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all the people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. 1 Thessalonians 3.12. I've asked Jeremy to do a song we used to do here that fits this series. It's what I asked Josh to put on the video, and he did. So I'm going to invite all of you to stand to your feet right now, if you would, this morning. And this will be our benediction. So don't leave till this song is over. He's the God of this city. I invite you to participate, to look for opportunities, to invite, to invest, and to make his name great. Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you for this service and for the presence of the risen Christ. Come and show us how to love the things that you love, people in our city. In Jesus' name, amen.